Hello and welcome to In at Break, a discussion on all things education. You can call me Mr B. I teach sport and business in a further education college. And I'm Mr T and I'm a primary school teacher. Each week one of us is going to ask the other a question about education. It might be serious, it might be silly, but we'll give you our take on it. We're going to decide who asks the question with a good old-fashioned coin toss. I'll flip it and you call it. Here we go. All right. I feel like every time I start these... Hello. They start with all right, by the way. Hello. There we go. Yeah. Change it up a little bit. Hey, welcome back. Bonjour. It's been a while. How you been? So that's not how I actually speak French. I apologize for butchering a beautiful language. <laughs> that's not how I speak French, and I do apologize for that. Welcome back, guys. Uh, another episode of In at Break, where we answer questions about education and blag our way through life. I am about to be on half term for two weeks. <laughs> So I don't give a shit. Fuck you. Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I've got one more week of work. And then I only get one week of half time. So, yeah. We're a bit jaded. I wish I was a bit drunk, but I'm not. But I sound. I feel like I sound a bit drunk. You do sound a little bit drunk. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've been doing shots before we got started. Um, no, I plan to be on a sugar high in about two hours. We've just got a shitload of sweets and chocolate. And my plan yeah. is to just demolish it. <laughs> Flip that shit. Okay. Call it. Heads. Ha! Ha! It's fucking tails. That's what you get for your two-week holiday. Fucking tails. That's fair trade. That is a two-week half term. That's a fucking Easter holiday or Christmas holiday. That's not a half term. You, but I feel like you need it in the uh, the autumn break because it's like, are you doing eight weeks? Uh, yeah. That's well, I technically started back to work. I did like. I did three days in the first week of August, then I did three days the second week, then I had a week off, and then I started back again in the fourth week in August and went all the way through to now. That's what Slowly despairing my way towards <laughs> the end of the, ter- the half term. This half term feels like a full term. It yeah, feels, it always does. The first half term is a long. Yeah. It's a lot of like assessment and trying to figure out kind of where they're at. Not even for the school. Oh no, it's just 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 survival. <laughs> survival. Uh, right, but I have won the coin toss. Yes. Yeah. And I have a question for you, mm-hmm. which is good. Otherwise, we'd be just kind of we'd like be in trouble. Here. We'd be in trouble. Sitting if you here, just like. Um. So let's talk about uh, teachers' pets favoritism the favorite in the class let's talk about it tell me give me your take on favoritism in your classroom how you have experienced it how you manage it how you deal with it because i am not going to listen to any nonsense that any teacher puts out if any teacher says they don't have a favorite in their class they're chatting shit and i'm not listening to it okay this is this is a good one um so first of all uh let me just say this like immediately just to put any parents who are listening to like rest i thought that, that means that they're dying that, that, yeah i was gonna say that seems, seems sinister <laughs> it's let's maybe let's maybe find, find a different way of talking yeah about that. so just yeah. make everyone calm down even though i have favorites um it's just to do with personality types and it's just the same as any human with any other human i would never ever ever let any kind of favoritism uh disrupt my teaching or make me treat anybody any different within the classroom as far as all the girls are concerned i love them all equally they're all the best so 
I really, really work hard to make sure that no favourites are known. Apart from you, Janine. What I would say is this, is there have been a couple of people, a couple of children, I should say, specifically, in my career who have for whatever reason just really got to my heart like really like i i feel the only way i can really describe it is like genuine love like i I have absolute care for these children like so deep there's a girl who i taught last year and um i am so invested in her so invested in her and her current life and kind of like things that are happening at home and like how she's doing and how she's coping with it. And is there anything I can do? Like, you know, there's no reason really for me to still be involved with this girl particularly because she was not in my class anymore. But um, for whatever reason, I've just really uh, connected. And it's it's a bizarre feeling. It really is like, it's it's very strange because like the, 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 only, the closest thing that I can think about is like the way you feel about like really good friends and family. Like, you know, that that genuine care you feel for somebody where it's just like, I really, really don't want anything bad to happen to you and I will do everything I can to not do it. So, um, to, to sorry, to not let it happen. So um, that that is something for sure that like there are favorites in a class in terms of like, I just connect well to certain people. And this, you know, the things that go a long way is like, is the child polite? If, if a kid is polite, then that's great. That's what I really like. However, for me personally, um, if you're polite but don't really have much of like a personality behind it, that's not that's not going to do it for me. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. for me to be a for, for me to end up with this like connection, we have to have something that we're both just like in tune with the other one. Something that's gonna, con- gone gone. I was going to ask like, what are the characteristics of? Like yeah, of a child who would become a favorite in your class. Someone, someone that is, um, you know what? A lot of the time, it's someone who's just really engaged, and someone who is just like open book with me. I feel like I'm always quite vulnerable with the classes that I'm with in terms of like I really open myself up. On the days where I'm sad, I really let them know that I'm feeling sad, and the days that I'm happy, I'm just a maniac in the classroom and just like you know really like go full like entertainer mode i do like today we were talking about flowers and how flowers you know might have bright petals to attract insects and so i was pretending to be a flower by by like hiding behind the board and going like "Ooh, hi come over to me right and the girls are just cracking up like they thought it was the funniest shit they've ever seen or you know, if I'm reading a story where there's a character that's like climbed up high or is particularly high, I just jump up on the table and the girls are like, oh, my God, he's on the table. Like, what do we do? This is amazing. So, you know, um, there's, there's a bit on uh, there's a bit in uh, George's Marvelous Medicine, which is a Roald Dahl book in case people didn't know, but um, where he gives his grandma medicine and it makes her really, really tall. And so I jumped up on the table to be the grandma and was like acting out being this grandma on the table, you know, is it like I really go in with this stuff. And I feel like when a kid is then vulnerable back to me, I, I'm like, OK, we, we've, we've got an understanding here. There's something a lot deeper going on here than just I, you come in, I teach you things, you go home. And I think that's a, something that people really don't realize if you're not a teacher, potentially that. um that that deep connection does happen and those moments do happen the thing that i would say that that i really have to be aware of and i i really work hard to get on top of 
and I see other people let it slip, and it bothers me when this happens, is it's more the other way that when problems come up where you really don't like the personality of a child and they are particularly difficult, not necessarily like challenging behavior wise. I'm not talking about a kid that keeps calling out and it keeps being horrible because for those things, you can kind of deal with it. Just people whose personality just does not click with yours. Like if you were an adult, I'd just, I'd probably just think you're a prick. But because you're a kid, it's like, okay, you're, you're learning these things you don't quite know yet. Maybe, maybe you are just a prick, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm not what saying. Are those, so what are those characteristics then? Because you, of... you've mentioned, you've mentioned behavior there. And I think a lot of people will get confused with that and will think that poor behavior, disruptive behavior no. in a class is the same as. No, that's, that's not true. I've, I've never disliked any of the kids in my class who have, who have been uh, like badly behaved um the because there's normally something behind that you know what i mean like in my first yeah. year the guy the, the, there were two boys in my class who were both badly behaved one of them was a traveler so he was like found it very difficult to connect with his dad his dad would just leave for like days at a time couldn't see him it really fucked him up and made it very difficult for him to connect with people he was very like, on guard all the time and i was like i understand that um, it took a lot of work to get through to him. We did a lot of stuff like going outside and just playing football, just me and him. And we're not even talking. We're just playing football. And then over time, he started talking. And then over time, I started talking. And then we kind of built up a relationship, which was really nice. Um, but there was something behind that. And then the other boy in my class also had an e another thing where like his dad, he had like a couple of dad issues and his dad would be leaving and his mom would be kind of like getting in a new dad, like a new boyfriend. And then the boyfriend would go and then he'd be kind of confused. So in my second year, the boy who was really misbehaving was a boy who had really severe ADHD and autism, which is really difficult. You know, that's that's not his fault at all. That really isn't his fault. And you cannot, I, I, there's not, his personality I loved. I think about him all the time in terms of like, I wonder how he's doing that. I wonder how his year's going. I wonder how he's responding to things. Um, and then obviously the school I'm at now is a bit different in terms of the children that attend. So I don't really have behavior issues anymore, but I can't be true. <laughs> there yeah. must be behavioral issues somewhere. Like, really, there's there's just really none. Like, there's a couple of girls who sometimes get in a bit of trouble, but for the most part, it's uh, it's selective and you're around like a certain type of person. And so I think that a lot of the people there, like, and obviously as well, like the, um, you know, if you're able to pay, I think, I think that we figured out the other day that it's 120 grand to go from reception until the end of year until the end of your GCSEs 120 grand for you to do that so if you've got the money to do that odds are at home it's probably like fairly cushy right like you're not you're not living meal to meal you're probably fine so there's there's a whole other thing for that but anyway your question was about what it is that kind of makes someone not click and it's never behavior behavior is not the problem the problem normally is um, a lack of awareness and it's normally the children that, without this being the problem, it's it's the stereotypical only child syndrome type people. I'm not saying it's only children that are the problem. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that um, that, do you know what I mean when I say that? Like yeah. that kind of vibe of someone who's like not really aware that there are other humans in the world except them and that there are other people. Those kind of people really grate me because I'm I'm thinking there are other people in this room who need me. And I'm having to spend time right now talking to you about this shit that you don't actually need me for. So a lot of the time it's it's 
something and, and a lot of the time those people will come to you with problems that aren't actually problems and a lot of the time again this is absolutely never ever ever the child's fault really it comes from somewhere nine times out of ten that particular child has got a parent that has done this to them in some way there's a girl who's not in my class now but there's a girl who i've taught before who um i think it was in the other school actually yeah in my in my last school who had real problems getting on with and her mum used to email me all the time about like oh she said that today the girls wouldn't play with her in the playground and then when she suggested that they play a different game with her they didn't want to play it and so i'm just wondering what we can do about that and it's like I, listen the reason that the girls don't want to play with your girl is because she's fucking annoying <laughs> and i can't do anything about that i wish i could and like you know you try absolutely everything you can you will you will do social groups, you'll try and buddy her up, you'll try and speak to people about like being nice and make sure we're being inclusive. And, you know, you say to the girls, like, hey, or sorry, the children in that case, because it was boys and girls and that's cool. So it would be say, hey, do you mind if this person comes and plays with you? But the problem is the second that I do that, I'm, I'm flagging that she's different. I'm flagging that she needs to have an adult to intervene. Yeah. So it's all, it's all very tricky and those situations are very hard to um, handle. But what I would say is that... Uh, that that is hard for me to click with it's really hard for me to click with a child that is like so unaware of the fact that there are other people around but i mean i also have just so much time for anyone any child that comes in i've got all the time in the world for you i don't care if uh if i hate you deep down which i never do but like let's say i did if even if i did absolutely hate you or i hate your parent or whatever i would never let them know it I would never, ever let them know it. As far as they are concerned, I love them and I think they're the best child in the world. And I would never, ever show it any other way. There's a really good TED talk on it, actually. Um, oh. Or maybe I'll, I'll put it in the description of this video um, for anyone that's interested. But it's basically talking about how uh, how children kind of like need a champion and basically they, they need the teacher to believe in them. They really do need that person to just say, hey, you've got this. Like, you know even if everybody else doesn't really like you i like you and it's they don't ever have to know you don't really like them as far as they are concerned you are their biggest fan and that's all they need they don't really need anything else and you know you're allowed to dislike the kids but you are not ever allowed to what well, at least when they're young in my opinion never allowed to really let them know it because i think it's too damaging when they're that young but i imagine it's different in yours because they're they're old enough to understand these things surely or feel like at, go on. no go no go ahead I was gonna say, I think that in your age, um, it, your age, not specifically your age, the not children, my age, no, no, <laughs> very <laughs> different ages. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the the children that you teach, um, by that point, they should really kind of have some kind of awareness. And granted, I'm not saying that by 16 I've figured everything out, because at 16, obviously, I was an idiot like everybody else. But um, you have a bit more awareness of like what's gonna hurt someone. If I'm going to be horrible to somebody, how they're going to react or what I could do to really get under someone's skin and how that feels and how it feels to have someone get under your skin. And so, you know, that empathy hopefully is built up a little bit more there. Um, but I'm assuming that. I don't know how it works with you, like you tell me, because if you've got favorites and stuff like that, wow. which I'm obviously you have to because you're a human, how do you not show that? Because I imagine they're a lot more aware of it in college. So yeah, it's it's quite interesting actually because first of all, I need to watch that TED talk. <laughs> Not no no judgment, no judgment. I just think I need to watch the TED talk. Um, <clears throat> so you're right; it, it does seem to be what well, I don't know. It, it's not that different, really. 
you're completely right. A lot of the reason why you end up having a favourite is because it's someone that that appeals to your kind of personality preferences. Um, so I like people who will work hard, who will try hard. And I like people who are happy people. So, you know, there's no magic formula. If you're happy and work hard, we're likely to get along. Right. You know, whether you get the answers right or wrong, whether you're good at the task I set you or not, if you're giving it your all and you're a happy person who's engaged and enjoying themselves, then I'm going to, I'm probably going to like you. If you are grumpy um, and lazy, I'm not going to like you, which shouldn't really surprise anyone. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm not going to, exactly as you said, I'm not going to let you know. But, you know, inside I'm going to be like, oh, God, that one again. Oh, all right. Um, I mean, the way I kind of deal with it each year is I say to all the students at the start of the year, you've come to college because you want to be treated with more responsibility and more like adults and you want people to listen. I said, I will listen to you. Um, and I will give you the respect that you deserve. And I will try to teach you to the absolute best of my ability. I said, but I promise you one thing. I will never deliberately try and deliver a boring lesson to you. So if you are bored, it's not because I've wanted to make it boring. Okay. That's the way it's panned out. That's fine. But I don't need you to be perfect. I just need you to work hard. So right. if you're willing to work hard, I will teach you everything that's in the book. Okay. But I can't teach you to be happy. I can't teach you to kind of have good character. I hope to help you reveal it from within yourself, but mm -hmm. I can't, I can't teach it to you. I can set an example and do what I think is worthy of good character and stuff like that. And hope that you pick up on it but i you know i can't really teach you right from wrong at this stage at 16 to 18 you've started to understand what right and wrong is you should have learned that like a long time ago what what age is it that like primary school kids really start to pick up on right and wrong um so uh again a lot of my knowledge doesn't come from books it comes from uh, like interviews or things that i've yeah. um, watched so I remember, I can't remember who the interview was with, but someone was talking, I think they were a child psychologist, and they were saying that really the, the, the a true understanding of like empathy and understanding that somebody else is feeling something really is developing between like ages four to seven. So, so yeah. in theory, like I teach five to six year olds, so they're right in the mix of it. And I see it, I see sometimes they do something horrible to someone and they sort of look at them like, okay, how are they going to react? How do I feel about this? And mm. it's in a split second, but it's very interesting to watch because there's not a lot they can they can really do about that. I, and, and I explained this to the parents, like they are learning to play. They are learning to, what it's like to be horrible to someone and does it feel good? And sometimes, unfortunately, that power does feel pretty good to be like, oh, this is my game. Can I play with you? No, I've mm. had the opportunity to say no to someone. But then what happens is they realize that quite quickly, like, if you keep saying no to people, people are just like, well, fuck you then. I'll go play with someone else. And then that power goes and then you go, oh, actually, it wasn't worth it. I'd much rather just play with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's kind of like they get to play pretend as being an adult for a little sec and go, oh, I got to say, well, I got to say no to someone. By the time they get to me 
and this is what I've said to a couple of students, I was like, by the time you get to college, you should really have known right from wrong for yeah. close to a decade. You know, how, yeah. you've, how you've dealt with it, you know, is up to you, but you should know kind of right from wrong. So, you know, you don't hit someone. It's not nice. Don't steal from someone. It's not nice. Yeah. I think, I think like those, like hitting someone, if you, if you're putting your hands on somebody else as a teenager, uh, you, something's gone wrong somewhere. Yeah. So, um, I try and explain all this to them. I'm like, look, just work hard. Just give it a good effort. Realize that if you find something boring, it's not because I've deliberately lined it up to be boring. Maybe this is just what you find boring. I personally find teaching the Krebs cycle the most boring thing in the whole world. I've got to teach it every year. Hate it. It's boring. I've tried about 18 different ways to make it interesting. <laughs> and no matter how interesting I think I've made it, I still find it quite boring. And some have worked and some ways have worked and some haven't, but I still find it boring. So I'm like, look, just as long as you work hard, understand that I'm trying to teach you stuff in an interesting way and, you know, just be a good person. Like if someone says hello to you, say hi back. You know, if, if someone asks you a question, don't just blatantly ignore them. You know, and it's, it's all like, it's someone comes back to that being polite thing, right? Like that is yeah, the just, first thing I notice in the kid. If a kid, if a kid says please and thank you and says it's nice to be, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so, so I say that to them. I say, look, we can summarize all this, guys. The golden rule in my class is no dickheads. <laughs> and that is, that is literally, how, like that is literally how the, that is how the first kind of monologue from Mr. B ends with no dickheads. And sometimes you get a group that works really well with it. And sometimes you don't. And this year, the reason why I asked this question actually is because uh, I have a group this year, my kind of like biggest group that I work with, that's just brilliant. I'm absolutely, I'm, yeah. I'm so lucky. I have 20 in the group and 18 of them are great. One of them is very, 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 very lazy. Mm. Um, and the other one is very, 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 very uh, grumpy and lazy. <laughs> right and what i find is that i'm constantly 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 having to stop myself from having a problem with those two and i i i had an issue with them today in that they showed up 15 minutes late for class after lunch and i was like am i angry with them because it's these two am i angry with them because they're 15 minutes late after lunch or is it something else and that, that, by the way, that is super important to have that understanding and stop yourself and say, okay, before I do this, am I doing this for the right reason? Being, yeah. Having that headspace is very important, I think, in these particular situations. And so the conversation with those two went along the lines of, guys, why are you 15 minutes late back from, from lunch? Oh, we went to the shop. Okay, yeah, but everybody saw you going towards the shop when they were walking back. So you should have known that you weren't going to make it in time. Oh, we thought we could make it. It's okay, look, guys. This is the third time I've spoken to each of you in the last week about your behavior. I said, if this was just a one-off, I probably wouldn't really have a problem with it. But I said, three, that's habitual. Do you understand what that means, guys? That means you're making a habit of this. You're making a habit of stepping over the line that we started at the start of the year, we drew a line and we said, this is the acceptable behavior and you're stepping past it consistently now. 
So I said, now, now I do have a problem. Okay. And I need you to fix it because I'm going to keep trying to teach you. But if you're going to keep behaving like this, then we're really, really going to have some difficulties as the year goes on. So it's up to you to step up, be a grown up and behave like one. And, you know, sometimes they, sometimes they respond well to that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they don't. And now I have to wait and see now how they respond, see how they respond to that. But I, I, I really, I really don't know how I'm going to feel about it if they behave badly again next week. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know what to do because I don't believe the like organized disciplinary process is a, is a good way of going about it. I mean, yeah. not for not for low level stuff like showing up late or being no, 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 no. disruptive or whatever. Yeah. OK. Bring a knife into college. Yes. We'll go down. Yeah, the disciplinary yeah, sure. Way. Show up late. Like, let's work it out. Yeah. So I have to try and work out whether because they're grumpy and, you know, and just not the kind of personality type I would want to spend time around. Am I victimizing them? Am I taking it out on them? I don't think I am. No, I, really I think that's think fair. It's valid. I feel, it? I feel like I would call anybody out on this. And I don't know. It's it's made me kind of question it this, this week a little bit. Like, what am I like with my favorites? Because the people I have in my classes or have had in my classes who I have, who have kind of, you know, for one of them, or just been the favorites, the teacher's pets. Um, like I have distinct memories of calling them out on their behavior as well. The odd time when they've like not done something right. So I think I'm consistent with it. Yeah. But it does make me, it does make me curious as to whether I, I have that, that bias. Well, I, what um, I would say is the fact that you're thinking about it, pro- like probably means you don't probably means you don't have a problem here. Um, the people who have the problems are the people who, who do this without realizing Mm. If if you're aware, if you're this aware, I would I would be very surprised if you're cause if you're doing anything that's actually out of line. Maybe you don't like them, and maybe maybe you tell them off more. But I don't think that that necessarily means you're being out of line. Maybe they are just doing more things to get told off. And and I've and I've seen it the other way, by the way. And this is exactly what I was talking about at the beginning, where it's the problems more lie not with the favourites, but with the people who don't really get liked by the staff, mm. because they get brushed with a particular thing or like this particular Tired with a particular brush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there's kind of like this, this aura that follows them around of like, Oh, they're them watch out for them because they're X. I remember I got given a girl last year and I was told, Oh yeah, watch out for her. She's terrible. And she's absolutely fine. The entire year I had no oh. issues. And oh, I... that, that, that comes from, and like maybe maybe she just needed a new shift. Maybe she just needed to go to year one. Maybe you know she's tr- found reception quite difficult. But that kind of stuff is quite tricky to get to navigate. And I've seen it in my old school more so than this one, where I had an LA who I loved, but who was very old school and was very much like, right, well, if you piss me off, fuck you. I'm not dealing with you forever. Like we're done. <laughs> um, and there were there were kids that she just really didn't like, and so the way she would talk to them would be very different to the way she talked to other children. And I, I had to speak to her to say, this can't happen anymore because it's making me uncomfortable. And I feel like you're going to put the kid, you're going to damage this kid. Like, mm. but I remember a very clear example of, um, we were going around and we were just, glue, we, in my old school, we used to glue in the, uh, the worksheets into their book for them. 
at the beginning of year two because they we felt like it was a good way to kind of set the example of how we wanted to look so then they can look at their books and go oh it needs to be that neat fair enough so she's going around and she's sticking in all of these different things into people's books and one of the kids the one of the ones she didn't like said and she was gonna do theirs next said oh you're gonna do mine next right like that's mm-hmm. nothing really that's nothing but because she didn't like the kid she kind of had got a backup about it and was just like yeah well you know you've got to be patient you've got to wait like, i'll come around to you when i come around to you and she sort of gave me a look of like oh can you believe this kid and i was like nah if any other kid had said you're coming to me next she'd be like yeah i am coming to you next just wait a second i'll be right with you that's not out that's like the kid wasn't out of line they're just talking oh you're coming to me next the kid's excited whatever it's that's their weird turn. do you know what i mean though like I, I I saw that and, and I, I I knew exactly why she reacted that way because she really did not like that kid. They just didn't get on. Yeah. So she was already kind of in that fight mode whenever that kid spoke. So I, I've seen it the other way around and I've seen it with other teachers as well where a teacher will um, say something to someone and it would be kind of like, wow, that was way out of line. Mm. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? And it's difficult, man, because... If I'm not in the class, I don't understand the dynamics. I don't understand if that's just the way they talk to everybody. Like it's very tricky to say, "Hey, that was way out of line." But I have seen it before, and it is it is um, it's a thing that I don't ever want to get caught up in, and so I'm always aware of it. And it sounds like you are too. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to be that that person who does that. Like, I yeah, I'd struggle. I mean, I will say as well, I think I've identified two uh, two types of student who always stand a, a better chance of being in my good books if you know what i mean uh, yeah. like i always try and think of them as like video game classifications i try and give them a little <laughs> name yeah. like so like uh underdogs and i suppose enforcer is not quite the right word but i i talk <laughs> to my i talk to my students all the time early in the year especially about how i want them to become like a self-policing group so yeah. I, I give them the character talk and the no dickheads talk early and then that's followed quite soon after that of, you know, hopefully you guys will become a self-policing group. So if you see someone acting like a dickhead, rather than wait for it to get to me, for me to say, stop doing that, why don't one of you step in and say, hey, look, come on, mate, that's not that's not really on. Yeah. Can you that's stop? Good. And so in my first year of teaching, I had a kid who was just the perfect, the the like the perfect kind of uh advocate for like self-policing groups he he led the group immaculately it was it was it was flawless how he got through the year everybody loved him whenever we had to like partner up or team up everybody wanted to be his partner or in his team but also when he said guys stop everything stopped he was was he was better he was better with discipline than i could ever have been (laughs) he was amazing absolutely amazing right then in my second year, I didn't have anyone for that. And it was so difficult because one boy thought he was and he wasn't. He tried very hard to be, but no one listened to him, um, which was kind of sad to see as well, because I was hope I was hoping that he would get the respect that I was hoping would come from this, from him having like a bit of a moral stand on things but it never quite got there but it was a bit sad to see we didn't have anyone and then this year there's another boy who's shown up who 
in this group that I really enjoy working with, who again has really meshed the whole group, brought everyone together, um, really kind of stands out, and everybody wants to pair up with him, everybody wants to team up with him, and you know, as a result, the group is working in such a kind of smooth and easy way to work with. So I always find that kind of appealing, not because they're the popular kid either or anything like that. They're not super popular. They're just that kid that everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. They're not it's almost like around. they're principled, right? They just they just know exactly what they determine is like exactly. okay and not okay, and then they push that out and say, I'm not afraid exactly. to kind of stand up for that. They they're also they the two examples have also been very engaged mm. and very willing to like have fun, but also they know exactly where the line is and they will not cross it. I talk to I talk to parents about this quite a lot. Parents evenings where I say that there's a line where funny becomes rude and you have to know where that line is and it goes kind of like the, the, the scale goes from like cute funny cheeky rude yeah and as long as you kind of stay in that cheeky gray area where it's like oh like that was funny you're yeah. all right and i feel like that's that's sort of where, and where that's, I draw the line. that's where those guys sit they sit nicely in that and it's it's interesting because my colleagues have another boy in one of the classes they teach who has embodied this for the last year and a bit and he's mm. been brilliant like absolutely brilliant and he won a big college award last year because of it as well but i i don't teach him i just know of him and i'm so jealous that like they have this uh, this functioning group that just works so well and then the other type the other kind of classification that i have in my head is the underdog like that student who like no one has any expectations of them but they just work their butts off and they kind of defy the odds and they do a great job. Mm. And um, often, and this is not to say this is always the case, but often what has happened has been that the underdog in my class has been someone who has an EHCP, like quite a lot of mm. high level additional learning needs. And I have one boy in my class. Wait, wait, hang on, just to, just to clarify for people what EHCP is. Yeah, so an EHCP is an education, health and care plan um and it's put in place with your local council to make sure that you get the most appropriate support possible in your learning environment so often schools will say oh we think maybe your son or daughter might need some additional learning support we'd like to get these tests performed some initial diagnostic tests done um, and then depending on the results of that, you'll be referred to maybe uh, a children and adolescent mental health unit or perhaps like child psychiatry or or, um, or special educational needs coordinators. And they'll find out kind of what the best way is to work with you, to help you. Mm. Now, sometimes you can get an EHCP later in life. Uh, so as you as you kind of hit like uh you know 14 15 16 it might still happen but often um often they're a bit reticent to give you one of those as you get older they think mm -hmm. like oh you've gotten through this much schooling now so if we put an ehcp in place like they become increasingly difficult to get a hold of as exactly. you get older exactly because the attitude tends to be you've gotten this far exactly that and yeah. it costs money it costs money for the council the council have to pay extra money mm -hmm. for that extra support so normally we teach quite a high volume of ehcp learners um 
and their needs might be everything for, might be anything from requires an individual room for any exams requires a reader or a scribe for an exam through to uh, cannot hear loud noises if they hear a loud noise they'll have a panic attack um and then there is there is quite a brilliant ehcp which i'll talk about in a little bit that i've seen from one which i think is a work of art um but generally ehcp learners are people who uh the general public would would view them as a little bit of an underdog in the classroom mm -hmm. they're, they're they need a little bit of extra help and uh they might struggle in certain areas of the lesson and for the most part I would say 80 to 90% of the EHCP learners I've worked with have bucked that trend, defied logic, and have been brilliant, absolutely nice. brilliant, to the point where the boy who has the highest level of additional learning needs in my class is so driven to do well on this course this year because they told him at the end of his level one, they're like, we are amazed you passed level one. We do not recommend you come back to the college. And I spoke with his mum over the summer after that year. Um, and he came back to do level two with us. He came to do our level two and he was brilliant on level two. He worked his butt off. Uh, his work was good, but it wasn't great. And I said, look, I think he can do level three. Bring him back for level three. And she said, are you sure? I was like, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. I'd rather give it a shot. And yeah, why not try? And try and, and then know for sure. And he's come back and he's brilliant this year. He's so into it. He works. He's It's so hard for him in some parts. But other parts he gets naturally. Gets naturally. Like, And he's 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 a bit older. So he's 20 years old. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been in schooling for a lot longer. Um, and he has a one-to-one -one with him. But he's just, every spare minute, he is just doing extra work. Every, like, he eats his lunch, like really quick and then goes to the library to do extra work he's just constantly 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 plowing plowing away to get stuff done um and and he's been great he's been really really good and that endeavor that drive that determination to kind of buck that trend of people sneer at me or look down on me for needing this additional support that will always win me over you will you will always be like one of my favorites for that i will always respect sure. that, that that kind of hard work for not backing down almost exactly exactly yeah and so i find that really i find that really endearing and and something that makes me like very very happy to to see yeah yeah so, i would agree like i i do feel that at all as well like i i totally get that 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 underdog feeling and of you have done it you have beaten that you've defied the odds like i had it with a kid in my last school where he couldn't read at the beginning of the year, couldn't read anything. And by the end of the year was reading books on his own. Like, you know, the books went crazy, but he was reading books on his own. And Dude, people were awesome. just like, people were like, yeah, he needs to go to a special school. And I was like, no, he doesn't. He just needs someone who's just not going to stop gives with a him. Fuck? <laughs> and we literally, that poor kid, we would, he, he couldn't do anything. He'd get in the line and the LA would just flash up letters at him. What's that? What's that? There? What's that letter? What's that letter? Give me a word that starts with this. Give me a word that starts with this. All day we just peppered him. And then by the end of it, he had it. And I was like, yes, mate. Like, that's awesome, though. But that's, that's like, right. that's, that's making a huge positive impact on someone's life, isn't it? And that's, mm -hmm. I think that ultimately that's got to be what you're in this for, right? Making, making a difference to someone, you know, not for the You'd pace, be surprised, the mate, the amount of yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish it yeah, was. 
I guess in summary to wrap it up, uh, from what I can gather from this conversation, we both like polite people. Yeah. We both like happy people. Yeah. Uh, we both like people who try hard. Uh, I like underdogs and I also like enforcers, uh, not violent enforcers. I didn't say that. <laughs> you get right away from that, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we both accept that there are favorites in the classroom. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, dude, you? I think I think it's yeah. weird if you think that humans can't yeah. get be more fond of certain humans. That's how it goes. That's how people work. And uh yeah, I mean we don't like Janine. Janine can suck it. Janine, she... get out of here. For full <laughs> disclosure, I have never taught anybody called Janine. But yeah, Janine, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> Sick of uh, me. yeah, and sorry listeners, if your name is Janine, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> But no, I suppose that was that was actually interesting. I thought that wouldn't be uh quite such a revealing answer i I wasn't quite sure where that question would go um but no i think it was i think that was a good one i'm i'm curious do you have a from the classroom this week because i have that amusing ehcp and then another little anecdote as well but if you have a good no no no, you go because i feel like i've talked a lot in this episode i'm I'm down to listen so well i mean i'll I'll talk very briefly about this ehcp so this education health and care plan which our college has to adhere to if we accept the learner this learner's ehcp says so and so struggles to wake up and get to college on time so and so might arrive at college up to five hours late <laughs> what <laughs> yeah and i'm just like okay okay so and so suffers from severe anxiety right. and panic attacks when they are challenged on their lateness oh dude so and so cannot be challenged on their lateness come on and i was like wait what how how the fuck did this kid get this? This kid has basically got a piece of paper. The kid's written it. This kid has got this piece of paper that says, you can be late and then we can never even ask you about it. We can't even talk to you about why you're late. That is, that is like, that is literally like the kid has written it himself. And by the way, I'm allowed to eat chocolate anytime I want in the class and no one is allowed to ask me for a piece. And also, uh, any time that I'm even a little bit late, you're not allowed to say anything to me. And also, you're not allowed to say anything to my mum. Yeah. And <laughs> do you know what's, what's awesome about this whole thing? And I, I will applaud this. Like, fair fucking play, kid. You've, you've done a good job in getting this to work yeah. for you, you know? One of my colleagues didn't know about the not challenging thing. He knew about the lateness thing. And oh. so the kid showed up at... 3.15 in the afternoon <laughs> right. when he should have been in for like a 10.30 start. He showed up at 3.15 for the final 45 minutes of his day. Okay. And my colleague goes, so, so where have you been? The kid like said, oh, I'm sorry I'm late and came in and was quiet. Then went home, didn't have a panic attack, didn't have any issues with anxiety in the lesson for the 45 minutes he was there. Then went home and complained to his mum. And I get this stinking email from his mum saying, we've talked about this. You absolutely positively cannot challenge him about his lateness. He is so upset about it now, which I, I mean, I have no reason to think he wouldn't be upset about it. Right. 
But now that you've challenged him about it, it's really set him back. And we've got to go for another appointment with a child psychiatrist. What? This, this is ridiculous now. This is why it's imperative that you never, ever, ever challenge his lateness. Look, man, we talked about this before. I kind of feel like, and by the way, like full disclosure here, as someone who had their first panic attack this year, right? Like anxiety, panic attacks, all that stuff. It's it like it was terrible. It was really bad. Yeah, but equally, we, neither one of us are sat here saying anxiety isn't a big deal. What we are saying is, surely that college is here and school is here to set you up for life good luck getting a job where they're like by the way you're allowed to show up up to five hours late and we will not challenge you well i Come on, I, man. I mean i want to say to that parent i i did say to that parent oh i'm sorry you know we do have a policy of at least questioning why someone's late i mean especially when we haven't seen them until the final 45 minutes of the day we need to make sure that they were okay yeah, right. Nothing went wrong on their way to college. Even like safeguarding wise, doesn't exactly, make sense. Yeah, I said so. We do have to ask the question. Perhaps you could have a word with so and so and explain that it's not targeted, it's not malicious. It's just we need an answer so that we know that they're okay. Um. So I did say that, but I did want to say, look, if me asking where were you is the worst thing you have to deal with in your life. You will have a, <laughs> had a sweet, safe, and happy yeah. life. Okay, yeah, for sure. if that is the worst thing you deal with, and if that sets you off with a panic attack, then fuck. I mean, I genuinely don't know how much help you're going to need to get through things. Because, like you said, <laughs> there has to be, be there has got to be a, a line limit. somewhere, hasn't there? There has to be a limit where it's like this. Actually, just but yeah, whoever wrote that, I'm I'm guessing yeah. that it's some council member on their last day went watch yeah. this. Watch yeah, what I'm going to make this off. college have to do. <laughs> so that's that's my EHCP story, and then I've got that really quick one that I sent to you guys earlier about. Yeah, that. yeah, go for it. Oh, this goes down as one of my favourite things I've ever heard in a classroom. Um, I set my students the task of designing a healthy meal today for uh, for a marathon runner who was in training to run a quick marathon time. So please design. A healthy meal and this group first of all <laughs> first of all one of them goes uh could you come over and tell us if this menu is absolute shite <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely in your class and that is the first time i've heard that child swear in any context that's the first time i've heard it and i was like oh i never heard you swear before he's like oh yeah sorry i was like no 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 Okay, don't worry about it. Let's let's go on. I read the menu, and it's uh, two salmon fillets, um, some pepper, some balsamic roasted tomatoes. I'm like, wow, cool. These guys are like, they've looked into this. They've yeah, delicious, dude. Yeah, um, I think it was like asparagus, uh, urban lemon. U R B A N lemon, <laughs> urban, and I was like, urban, like urban camouflage, urban, like the opposite to rural, and they're like, no, 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 like that sauce they put on your chicken at Nando's. Oh, I said that's, I said that's lemon and herb, herb <laughs> and lemon, herb and lemon. 
And they're like, yeah, Urban Lemon. I was like... <laughs> and it's only dawned on me now, actually, a little while later, that all three of them were looking at the same computer screen with this typed on it. And nobody had a problem with the fact that it said like, yeah. Urban Lemon. <laughs> and it just made me smile <laughs> so <laughs> hard. I was just so happy that this had happened. That I just... I, I, I was like, guys... I don't want you to be sad. I really need to write this down though, because I have to remember this. It's one of the best things I've heard in here. And they're like, so it's not urban. I was like, no, it's herb, H-E-R-B. <laughs> and totally separate word, lemon. Three separate words, not urban lemon. And uh, and they were so they were they were kind of like they blushed so hard. <laughs> one boy was just like beetroot red it was just it was it was so good it made me smile so much and i thought yeah i can't be angry with these guys <laughs> no way, it's no. just such an innocent little mistake but it was so cute so cute guys thank you so much for listening to this episode i thought yeah. this was a good one yeah i enjoyed that <laughs> yeah um hopefully we're going to be back uh in two weeks during our half term and we're going to have a guest on um yeah. so we will see you then and until then, if you guys are on half term, enjoy your half term. And if you're like me and you have a normal job, <laughs> you're not on half term. And I'll see you Monday the grind. in the stuff room. Enjoy the grind, fuckers. Don't let the man get you down. <laughs> see you in a bit. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of In at Break. We are everywhere. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and pretty much every podcasting app that there is. So if we are not on your regular app, have a look at some other podcasting apps to see if you can find the next episode. If you have any questions for us at all, please send them to in at break at gmail.com. It's great to hear from you. We really, really get a buzz from it. And also it's where we get our questions for the hands up episodes, which come up once per term. Make sure you send them directly to in at break at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs>